topic today is a continuation of uh, the introduction we gave, we shared last week. So it is the book of Revelation, Purpose and Key Message, Part 2. And the subtitle is, Jesus Christ is Coming Back. I am conscious that I've let you down in some way. Because you were probably expecting the missing dimension. God willing, we'll come back to that. That is the study and the application of the letters to the seven churches. We will come back to that next time, God willing. We thought that it's very important that we are very clear and we have a clear overview to the book itself to start with. So last time we looked at the purpose and the key message and uh, the intended outcome, why the book was given to us, why it was important. We also surveyed, we looked at differing views, schools of interpretation of uh, the prophecy in Revelation. Today, God willing, we will do the same. But we will do the same at the end. We looked at the purpose and key message from the beginning in Revelation 1. We will look at the purpose and key message from Revelation 22. Once we've done those two, we have some understanding of what the book is all about. And then we can come back and feel anything that is in between. Well, someone who accessed the teaching online wrote to me and said to me, in our church we're not allowed to comment or to read that book. It's been said to us that it's a very difficult book and it's even dangerous to read it on our own. Mm. The Bible says, bless those who read, he who reads and he who hears. Wow. That's a license given to anyone. Any believers written to the saints, to the servant of God. We're all servants of God. Why? In order that we may know things that must shortly take place. We're all interested. We all have interest in things that are shortly taking place. So it's for all the believers. In a sect called Branhamism, they believe that all the prophecies were fulfilled in a man called William Branham. He's the only one who fulfilled the prophecy. And they are very serious in what they believe about that. So it is very, very important that we are very clear about this book. After what we shared last time, I'm sure we realize that it's not a taboo at all. You can confidently talk about these things easily, by God's grace, but you see, the enemy have worked very hard in order to put confusion. Whenever it comes to the book of... I remember one day I was... Uh, I was commenting on the Lord where the Lord say, come up here in the book of Revelation. I just say that in passing as a comment. After the service, someone came to me and said, I thought you were teaching premillennialism. That's how serious it is. Now, pre-tribulation, just because I quoted, come up here. That's how bad things have gone. That's not the purpose of this book, as we've seen last time here. Because of before, after, in the midst, we're going to divide the church because of the, that's arrogance, that's pride. And people are very tough on that. And people believe that they are right, it has to be like that. People even leave churches because of that. People stop talking to each other because of pre, post, and mid. But as we saw last time, that's meaningless. That's useless. It is irresponsible to have that kind of behavior. Does that mean I'm leaving this as an open-ended thing? Does that mean I'm saying, okay, you go interpret however you want? No. 
I'm saying make up your mind but make sure that it aligns with the whole sum of the Bible. Do not pick and choose one verse that supports your potential hero. Read from Genesis to Revelation and see if what you believe in aligns with what the Bible says. Being given to the wholesomeness of Scripture. That is against private interpretation. Jesus is coming back. The world as we know it today is going to end. In fact, it's going to be burnt up as we know it today. God will make something new. Make a new heaven, a new earth. Who will live in that? You and I. And all those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ. But why the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. It's a new creation. Being born again means being a new creation. You have to be a new creation in order to live in the new heaven and new earth. Revelation chapter 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servant shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, no light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Verse 6. Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed he who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the word of this book, worship God. Verse 10. And he said to me, do not seal the word of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Verse 12. And behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gate into the city. Verse 15. But outside are dogs and sorcerers, and sexual immorals, and murderers, and idol idolaters, and whoever loves and practices lie a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root of the offspring of David, 
a bright and morning star. Verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who is who thirst come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. 18. For I testify to everyone who hears the word of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the word of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life. From the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things say, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let's pray. Blessed Redeemer, we bless you, O Lord. The Lamb is now on the throne. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord, for the revelation given unto us that we may not only understand the days in which we live, but that we may live accordingly, eagerly waiting your blessed coming. We pray that, Lord, you bless us as we share these things. We pray that the Holy Spirit will expound into our hearts. Lead us, Lord, Keep us, Lord, from the spirit of error. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, you see, in the conclusion here, in verse 6, Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God, of the holy prophet sent his angel to show his servant the things which must shortly take place. You see, this is consistent with uh, the purpose of the book as stated in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. We say last time that the purpose of this book, the purpose of this book is reaffirmed here is to reveal the reality of Jesus Christ in his majesty, in the fullness of his glory, who he really is, and his eternal plan. An understanding of this revelation helps the servant of the Most High to live and discern things accordingly. We say last time that like all other scriptures, the book of Revelation is also called words of prophecy. And as such, it is also subject to the same rule of interpretation as the rest of the Bible. That is, no private interpretation. I will never emphasize that enough. If anything you need to remember of everything you've ever heard from me, remember no private interpretation. Because that is the basis for all the cult, for all the heresy, even for the coming apostasy, is private interpretation. Paul told Timothy that if anyone does not consent to the wholesome of the scriptures, it's a package. The fullness of the scripture. You see, if you take one verse outside the context, I don't know if you say that in English, in French, we say, yeah, a text outside the context is a pretext. Yeah? So, if you do that, it may have an appearance of godliness. 
when someone comes to you with a portion with few verses and says to you, there it is in the Bible, there it is, and you see it, and he says, so why are you going against the Bible? No. It has to be put in the broader context of the fullness of the scriptures. And it has to align with the rest of the scripture. That's the golden rule. No private interpretation. That's in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. Though spiritual discernment, sensitivity, care and wisdom are all needed in approaching all the scripture, we should not avoid, I said this last time, or feel intimidated to read or study the book of Revelation. The more we prayerfully and obediently read it, the more we will find what we need to live and wait the Lord earnestly. While Revelation 1 verse 3 has a promise of blessing for he who reads and those who hear the word of this prophecy, Revelation 22 verse 10 forbids sealing the words of the prophecy for the time is at hand. This is because the mystery has been fully revealed. Therefore, no one has the right to try and put a cloud on the book, allegedly, because it is a difficult book to understand, some referring to it as a dangerous book, wrongly. A renewed mind and wisdom inspired by the Holy Spirit are required in order to discern the things described in this book. However, the revelation of the person of the Lord Jesus and his key message can be neither mistaken nor understated from whichever angle you looked at it. I'm just thinking about something here. Uh, have you noticed that in 22 verse 10, seal not the book. Seal not. Why do people want a cloud on it? The book has been opened by the most worthy, Jesus Christ, who alone was found worthy to break the seals and to open the book. The book is open. Seal not the book. Let people read and understand and live accordingly. The book has been unveiled. You see, with the different sounding of the trumpet, there is something really particular that happens with the seventh trumpet the last trumpet. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six. Before the seventh trumpet, there is a solemn declaration, statement, and I love that. Come with me to Revelation chapter 10. Read just one verse to start with. Verse 7. Revelation chapter 10 and verse 7. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God will be finished. As he declared to his servant the prophet. It is the revealing the full revelation of the mystery. In the Bible, when you hear the word mystery, it's not magic. It's not mystery as in witchcraft, no. It's something that was concealed and has or is being or will be revealed by God. That's what is called a mystery. Here, the final mystery is about to be revealed. 
before the sounding of the seventh trumpet. There is a long time that elapsed before we can get to the seventh trumpet. By the time the seventh, when the seventh trumpet sounds, the fullness of the power of Jesus Christ is revealed. All the kingdoms of this world are directly under his lordship. Nobody can stop the hand of God from fulfilling the unfolding of uh, the countdown that begin to unfold. No one can stop that. No one can ignore that. Things begin to unfold. Seven powers. The plagues. Seven angels. The judgment of God. By the time you get to Revelation 11, by the time you get to 11, to, to Revelation 12, the devil knows now where we are. What does the Bible say? He comes with a great wrath now because he knows that his time is up. He's going now to the bottomless pits. His time is up. We still attempt to seduce the maximum because he knows that his end is near. That happened in 12. In 13, you know that the Antichrist and the false prophet, they come for a while. You know, they try to impose their will very quickly. The Lord Jesus comes and just, he doesn't even fight with them. Jesus Christ does not fight with the Antichrist. Just because he's called the Antichrist doesn't mean he's in a boxing ring with Christ fighting, no. The brightness of the appearing of Jesus Christ and the soul that comes out of his mouth, that is his word, will defeat the Antichrist. And he will be seized and thrown in the bottomless pit. Jesus will have the final say, but that's not our topic. We'll come back to that another time. I just wanted to emphasize the fact that the fullness of the revelation is given in this book here, no one can resist Jesus Christ until he has a final say. The Bible says there, Revelation 10, 7, all the mysteries spoken through the prophet are now fulfilled. No cloud. That day will come. Now, we sang uh, a while ago here, Shall We Gather at the River? This song was written by a man called Robert Lowry, L O W Y, no, R Y. Lowry, okay, thank you. And he was from America. He was a pastor, very bright mind, professor, very intelligent man, pastored so many different churches in 19th century. But this song was written in a day, in a time where there was an epidemic in New York. So many people were dying. They were losing their loved ones including in the church. And the pastor was concerned about this. And he began to meditate on Revelation 22. The river, the crystal river, he meditated on that. And he asked himself the question, Shall we one day see this brethren again? Shall we gather at the river where bright angels 
feet have trod. He didn't have an answer. And he continued to think about those who had departed. One day after teaching on the book of Revelation, very tired, sitting and having some rest, he had by faith received, yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river. And he wrote the song. And he said it was as if I was receiving a revelation, an inspiration, and he wrote the book. Doesn't the Bible say comfort one another with these words? When we miss love once, when brethren depart, I know quite a few very good believers, brethren who have departed. Some of them I still hold in my hand the books they gave me or they told me. One sent to me from America a double encyclopedia from William MacDonald. You know, I met him in America in Bend, Oregon, and he took my address. Within two months, I received gold in the post. And I heard that he passed away. Whenever I exploit that material, he will receive blessing on that day. I often hold in my hand books and CDs, people I sat with, playing with our children, teaching them songs. One day our children saw them lying there gone, my friends, good, great believers. The Lord says, comfort one another with this word. That is, we should not mourn or sorrow like non-believers. We can sorrow. Jesus Christ cried for his friend. We are allowed to do that, but we should not do like the heathen. Because we know those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ have fallen asleep. Jesus raised them up We'll be caught up with them in there and to be with the Lord forever. That is our comfort, our consolation when some of us depart. Shall we gather at the river? Yes, we will. The hope of resurrection should always be kept alive in us, especially when our relatives and loved ones who believe in Christ fall asleep. Comfort one another. Not just comforting one another, but keeping this reality alive in us. Knowing that whatever happened, our life is secure in Christ. He's faithful to keep that which we have committed to him until that day. Let's be faithful to the Lord until the end. Let's live for him. There's no room for jokes. I'm not saying you should not have a sense of humor. I love humor. I'm saying there's no playing game with God. Got to be serious. I am often deeply challenged. And it always seems to happen, maybe only to me. I don't know about you. I meet believers all the time, even in this church. When you speak to them, you spend five minutes with them, and you think to yourself, where am I? These people seem to be very serious with God. Where am I? Where am I? That's what we need, to be friends of those who fear God, those who can help us move forward with God, not those who are holding us back. It doesn't matter. You're doing, you're doing pretty well. God is good anyway. No. You want people who are exercised in the matter of faith, with discernment, people you can learn from. You take and you put in your pocket and you go. 
That's what you need. You look at them, you say, what? Me too. Why? You need that. When I drop my kids to school in the morning, I hold them, you know, I have my work waiting for, for me there, and I say, go, quick, 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 quick. We need people to do that to us. Hold our hand and help us. But if you look around you, you can't even discern the caliber, the nature, the kind of people God is putting on your way. You can't even, everything is just the same. That's hopeless. Discern the time, the day, the people the Lord puts on your paths for your edification and take profit, benefit from it. Don't despise. This is my way of doing. I've always done like that. You won't go anywhere if you do that. Learn. Learn how to pray. Learn how to read the Bible. Learn how to fellowship. Learn how to talk to other people. Learn from other people's patience. Learn, 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 learn. That's why we are here as a body. Don't say I have my way of doing things. No. We have differing ministries and gifts for the equipping of the saints, the edification of the body unto Christ's glory. Understand that? Keep that hope alive in you by the Holy Spirit. Verse 9. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. The angel said to John, See that you do not do that. Worship God. What the angel is saying here is consistent with the first commandment, you shall have no other God before me. A true angel of God will never accept worship. Never. There is these days an explosion of angel worshiping. But we know from 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 14 that Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. And what does he want? He wants to be worshipped and undiscerning people are doing just that. Sadly, in exchange for a promise for fame, for glory, for success, for wealth. How do I know that? Luke chapter 4, verse 5 to 7. He said to the Lord, if you bow before me, you worship me. Look, I give this to everyone. I will give you. Many people bow to the devil and worship him because of the promise of fame and success and wealth and all that. Now, if you think that he disguises himself transforms himself in order to appear as an angel of light. And his desire, ultimate desire, is to be worshipped. That is enough to know that it's a fallen angel. Because we see the attitude, the answer from a true angel here. Don't. I am your fellow servant. I am only a messenger. I'm serving God like you as well. See that you do not do that? Worship God. Has Jesus ever said that? No. He's worship. He never said, don't worship me. No, because he's God. But the enemy is craving, want to be worshipped. Remember he was in heaven, around the throne. He still has that. He wants that worship. He wants to hurt God. 
And God said you should not have any other God besides me. And you should not worship. The angel says, see that you do not do that. But look at what is happening sadly in the world now. See what is happening. Everyone is coming. I saw an angel. I saw an angel. What did the angel tell you? Everything unbiblical. Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon, saw an angel. Muhammad saw an angel. Gabriel, that one, you know. Uh, Charles Russell, you know, the founder of the Jehovah Witness, saw an angel. That one. Saw the, but the message they're conveying doesn't seem to be biblical. But this angel here, what he said aligns with the first commandment. That's how we know is from God. Sadly, people are so deceived. Don't worry about God. We just want an angel, a bright angel. It doesn't matter. Worship God. Well, when he made an offer of glory to the Lord, the Lord said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Firm, clean. No negotiation. No. Verse 11. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Well, Humans can choose to do whatever they want to do with their own life, but we need to remember that the Lord is coming back, and we will, and will give to everyone according to his work. Everyone will give an account of his life. I remember a story of a a brother who was witnessing to a Jew. And the Jew said, well, you're saying Jesus is coming. Well, we're waiting for him. If he comes, we do to him what we did to him the first time. And the brother said, no, you won't have the opportunity this time. It's the lion who is coming. It's not the lamb. Christ is coming with all the power at his disposal. No one can stop him to do what is coming to fulfill. Everything that has been spoken about him through the prophet will be fulfilled. Remember what he says? This word are Verse 6, this word are faithful and true. That God speaking. How can we doubt this? Is man versus God? Who's going to win? When the Lord speaks, his words is eternal. In fact, Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as God is pure. That's first John chapter three verse three. You see if people want to play games with games with God, lawlessness to promote lawlessness, the Bible says perfect democracy. Go ahead. You want to mock God? Go ahead. You choose to follow God, to uphold his righteousness and to, to repent from your sin and to follow God. The Bible says continue in that way. You want to despise God and his eternal salvation? That's fine, continue. But the end of everything is coming. Jesus is coming back to give unto each one according to their deeds. Verse 14. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have rights to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Those who keep God's commandment are blessed 
and the Lord is displeased with those who practice sorcery, sexual immorality, murderers, idolatry, and lie. One day in a Bible study, a pastor was teaching and he was saying that, simply put, idolatry is anyone or anything that takes God's place. Very good elderly old lady sitting at the back say, Pastor, does that include grandchildren? You see what I mean? Grandmother love grandchildren. She was really, oh, what about my grandchild? Notice the consistency now in the message as we're nearing the end. In verse 12, that's my alarm for my medicine. I need to stop that. Sorry about that. It's in this bag here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Just take it. It's inside. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe on this. Yeah. Just here. <laughs> Sorry. It's my time for my medicine. 12, 12, 12 30. Sorry about that. I usually leave it in the car. Made a mistake. In verse 12, Jesus Christ said, I am coming quickly. Jesus said, I'm coming quickly. Remember, we're talking about his coming back. In verse 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come. See that? The spirit, the bride. The bride is the church. And the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a consistency in the message. That's why I keep on telling you about, warning you about the private interpretation. The Holy Spirit takes from Jesus Christ and communicates to the church and the church speaks of one voice with God the Holy Spirit, God the Son, God the Father. Commonality of purpose. Christ, I am coming quickly. The Holy Spirit and the church say, yes, come. Because at the beginning to the seven churches, the Spirit has been quickening, telling the churches, he who has a ear, let him hear what the Spirit is telling the church. By the time we get to the end, there is that godly marriage and together they are in a commonality of purpose. Say, come, everybody agrees. Come, Lord. We're so tired. Come and deliver. We want to be with you forever. We should not do like uh, that young child on the 26th of December, the pastor was teaching, said, be careful, pray, because the Lord may come today. The young man became sad. And he said, can he delay by one day? Because it's Boxing Day. Now, everything else must be behind. There's nothing or no one compare with Jesus Christ when we see him. Remember, there will be no more pain. No more sorrow, no more tears for the former things we've passed away. Do you know anywhere, even in Buckingham Palace, where they don't cry? In heaven, they will not. Now there is a call. He who thirsts is invited to come. Can you make a nuance there? You see, the bride and the spirit are definitely calling the Lord, come. But the unbeliever cannot say that. They are inviting them to come and join the congregation in order to cry out, come. 
Because they cannot say come. They don't even know that he's coming. There is an open invitation to everyone who thirsts to come, 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 come to the fountain of life. And then together wait for God. The Spirit and the Lord Jesus are in full agreement on scripture. And so should the church and individual believers be. Sorry. Avoiding private interpretation even when it is done by our heroes. Verse 18 to verse 20. No one is allowed to change. That is adding or removing anything from the word of God. Whoever they are. However many doctorates they have. However many books they've written. However many followers they have online, no one is allowed to add or to change the word of God. But how do you know that they are adding or they are removing? You need to be exercised yourself to the word of God. You don't wait for other people to do the job for you. You have to be discerning. You have to search the scripture daily whether the things we're teaching are so, in order to be protected against falsehood, deceitful plot, and craftiness. Verse 20. To the cry of the Spirit and the church, hmm, Jesus Christ himself confirms now, surely I am coming. Jesus, the Son of God, agrees with his spirit and his church. You've been waiting for me. You've been calling out to me. I am coming. Jesus Christ is coming. You know, in olden time, people used to gather together and they were singing soon and very soon. This day we gather, we sing, and we rise like an eagle. Everybody wants to be an eagle. Everybody wants to be above anyone else. It was soon and very soon we're going to see. In fact, when writing to the Thessalonians, Paul himself, they believe that Christ will come back in their lifetime. Every day, maybe today, maybe today, maybe today. That had a purifying effect in the way they lived. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, before whom every knee shall bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. In conclusion, if the revelation of Jesus Christ is an encouragement to us all, May the Lord help us to join the Apostle Paul and confess together. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Soon we'll reach the shining river. Soon our pilgrimage will cease. Soon our happy heart will quiver with the melody of peace. May the Lord bless and strengthen each one of us as we look for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's bow our head and pray. Lord, we bless you. And we exalt your name, Lord, as we've seen in scripture. Jesus Christ is exalted over all. At the consummation of everything, Jesus Christ is the lamb upon the throne, sharing the throne with the Father in perfectly divine, eternal unity. Oh, Lord, may you sustain us, Lord. As we live for you, Lord, 
We pray that, Lord, the power of resurrection may be manifest in our life through a newness of life that we may lead a life that is pleasing unto you. Fortify us. Strengthen us, Lord. Encourage us, Lord. Hold our hand, blessed Redeemer. You know the way. Lead us in the way we should go, Lord. The darkness deepens, Lord, with us abide. When are the helpers? And comfort flee. Help of the helpless. Abide with us, O Lord. For the night is fast spent, Lord. We need you, O God. Help us, Lord. Deliver us, Lord, from our laziness, Lord, and lethargy, Lord. Raise us up, Lord, that we may run towards the goal with you at hand to help, to bless, to direct, and to guide. We now leave, Lord, each one of us unto your caring hands. We pray, Lord, for those among us, Lord, who are unwell in their body. We commit unto your holy hand, Lord. We pray for Sister Anne. We thank you, Lord, that she's been able to join the congregation again. We commit, Lord, her shoulder unto your holy hand. We pray that, Lord, you continue, Lord, to perfect your healing upon her. We pray, Lord, for Sheila, that your grace be upon her, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done, you do, and continue to do in her life. We commit Harry unto your holy hand, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony and steadfastness of his faith and the example it is to us all, Lord. We pray that you continue to strengthen him, Lord, as it is written, as thy day, so thy strength shall be in measure. Bless each one of us and keep us, Lord, from the wiles of the enemy. Strengthen us, Lord, as we look to you in faith. In the name of Jesus. Amen.